You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. If you don't learn anything else today, you'll, you've learned that you're a people. <laughs> There's hand motions that go to that too, isn't that the church and... Never mind. Yeah, you may need to, I don't know if you may need to turn this up a little bit. Maybe it's louder out there than it is in my ear. Whew, my gosh, worship was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Owen's right. We're, all, we're constantly listening to God. We, we believe that there's, you know, in, in, in Matthew 4.4 4 it says that, that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. And I actually like the King James in that verse because it said, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know there's a reason the ETH is actually on those words. It wasn't only because they spoke that way in those days, but it actually means continually or continuous. And so God's continually speaking, right? And so we always want to get... Um, we always want to get fresh revelation, and maybe on the same topic, but I believe there's continued revelation, even on the finished work of the cross, that we'll just keep on getting, if uh, that's how he keeps on getting better, right? <laughs> we just keep on getting revelation on how good he is through the finished work of the cross, and different topics, we talked about, you know, we had healing prayer training yesterday, which was amazing, um, thanks for, for everybody that was, was able to make it out to that, it was a lot of fun, but I you know, you could come to, you may have come to training two years ago, and you've come to the last couple, and you've heard me speak or, or Joe speak, and you've found out that on the topics that we're speaking about, there's different revelation that comes. We're getting, we're getting healthier kingdom perspective on every topic. And so you, you, you could easily think, oh, it's just going to be the same thing. I can guarantee you it won't ever be the same thing. <laughs> It may, it may be similar, it may be packaged similar, but it's going to have different, um, different perspective in it. And, and hopefully, if we're, we're doing our jobs right, it's going to be greater revelation on that particular topic that's going to be more beneficial to the people that are in our sphere of influence. Uh, it may be as simple as something that becomes more practical for you to walk in more of more freedom that we already have. So I want to start off with prayer, and and uh, then I want to I want to talk about um, I want to talk about joy today, uh, and some and, and a roadblock. It was fitting they sang ha ha hallelujah, but I want to talk about a, a roadblock that gets in our, our way be, to of being joyful people. Uh, being joyful is one of the most important important things that we can be in our identity in Christ. And I don't want to, I want to hopefully clear up misconceptions because some people think that not being joyful is a personality type or I'm just not joyful because of filling in the blank. And that's, that's just not true. It may be true out of our experience, but it's not, it's not truth like kingdom revelation. It's not truth out of the Bible. And we're all growing in this together. And some of us are more joyful than others. And that may be because we've been working at it longer. That's all. It's, uh, it takes time. But I believe there's going to be advancement today in pulling down old 
unhealthy strongholds and replacing with a new healthy stronghold or the stronghold of joy getting stronger in our, in our lives today because we have good and bad strongholds in our minds. So Father, thanks so much for the privilege to hang out with the family today. Thanks for the people that are joining us online. We thank you there's no distance in the spirit realm that they're going to be getting the same things, uh, maybe even more in, in some respects uh, than we're getting right here in this room. And so Holy Spirit, would you come help us to focus, remove distractions, let your peace settle in. <laughs> let your peace settle in. Yeah. Let that, that reality that you love us, that song which is Sam singing, that, that we love you and you're singing that back. You've love, your love. You've made us worthy to receive blessing today. We receive it right now. We receive all that that we possibly can right now. Thank you, Father. Let's soak in that as you teach us today, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. I really just want to lay on the floor, if I'm being honest, and just receive God's love more and more and more. (laughs) Soak in His love, because it is begin to operate out of the mind in his love I see people differently uh, when I rest in his love everything just everything comes into divine alignment and I'm able to operate out of the fullness of the love that I was always designed to operate out of it, it's beautiful all, all the things that I'm going to talk about today are enveloped or are, are, are supposed to be enveloped in in love joy is in, enveloped in love all these all of the fruit of the Spirit, if you look in the Passion Translation, it's beautiful uh, that in Galatians chapter 5, around verse 22, it says that these are all, I'm paraphrasing, but these all are a byproduct of love. And then it lists off the, the fruit of the Spirit. So peace and joy and gentleness and self-control and all those things become a byproduct of love because when we are in love when we have learned to receive love and we actually begin to believe that we're worthy of all of his love I don't know about you but that was a hard concept for me Uh, this was the true test of it and I started this probably about a year and a half ago I heard Chris Gore talk talk about this and I began to look in the mirror and, and tell myself some of the truths that, that God was telling me, the revelations about my identity. And one of them was, you're, you're worthy to receive all of God's love. You're worthy of everything Jesus paid for you. Look yourself in the eye in the mirror, and you'll know at what level you believe that. If you don't wince any longer, and you're actually able to sit there and, and, and be comfortable and be confident in a good way in Jesus, you, that revelation has become in your foundation. If you do like I did for the first, I don't know how many months, and you're like, I don't really know about that one. I know it's true, but it sure don't feel like it. <laughs> you know, I begin to say all these things. You're a son. You're, uh, you're fully accepted. You're fully loved. You're fully forgiven. You're a new creation. All these things, I begin to say them to myself in, in the mirror. Steve Macklin, I think he has a book that says that you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. <laughs> I know there's good and bad ways to talk to yourself, but I'm promoting the healthy kingdom. I'm making declarations way today, just to clarify. 
but I look at, you know, I, I did that for several months and I'm, I'm to a place now. I've done it probably, it's been, I mean, it's been a little bit over a year that I started doing it. I've been making declarations for almost all of my Christianity because um, mom and dad taught me to make declarations of, of truth. And I learned some of that stuff from Kenneth Hagin Sr. and making declarations about different things. And so it's been an active part of my life. When I get up in the morning, I'm, I'm starting my day off with this is going to be the best day of my life. Uh, it's going to be the best day of my life. Today's a great day for, it's going, is going to be a great day of breakthrough for me and my family. I say things like that. So those are the declarations that I've been making. And then I took it a step farther because when you look yourself in the eyes, it gets a little more real than if you're not looking at yourself when you're making them. Both are good. I believe that it takes it to a deeper level when I begin to look at myself. And so when those things begin to become a reality in my life, I know that I have started uh, or I have uh, pulled down strongholds in my mind. Um, it says in, in 2 Corinthians 10, chapter, or, or chapter, yeah, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, uh, for our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, right? It's, it's the things that are built up in our minds. I believe that the, the greatest enemy that we face uh, is, our own, is our own mind because the enemy can only get to a, a believer through their thought life. Now, I'm not saying he can't attack my body or, or try to attack my finances or, or things, things like that. Of, of course, there's spiritual laws that say when I, I give, uh, when I give 10% of my finances that he rebukes the devourer for my sake. So because I, I tithe, I've already canceled out his attack against my finances. When I don't do some practical things, it actually, oh, it, it gives the enemy an opportunity to do something to me, but when I, I do them, it cancels it out. And so see how simple warfare can be? <laughs> it makes it easy. I like, I like easy. The, go the gospel is simple, and because of that, we're having this conversation today. <laughs> if it wasn't simple, I wouldn't have got it. And so it's, it's beautifully and almost, almost too profoundly simple at times. I'm like, that's... It's too, too, too good to be true almost. And this is another one of those practical principles that I can speak truth to myself and know what I actually believe. I used to give, I used to give the best, some of, some of the best marital advice early on in our marriage. Another couple that was struggling would sit across the table from Lindsay and I, and I would, I would give them this advice. I didn't even know where it, it came from, Holy Spirit. I didn't know where it, I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah, I, <laughs> and Lindsay would, uh, you know, bring me back down to reality as I was thinking that. She's like, oh, I, you, give the other, you give other people the best marital advice, but I wish you would take that yourself. <laughs> it was a sobering truth, but it didn't make it any less true. It was... It was advice that I was giving others, and sometimes we do that. It's easy to give other people advice of practical principles to do in their life uh, in biblical concepts and kingdom living, and then I, I don't have the discipline in my own personal life to do them for me. Because this thing, I, I always, some people wince at the word discipline because it, beca it can become religious, but it doesn't have to. It only becomes religious if I make it religious. 
becomes a tradition of, of man that voids the, the, the power of God, makes the word of God of, of no effect. But it doesn't have to become a tradition. So discipline in my life, I always tell people that if I, if I don't have discipline, I will never fulfill all the things that God's called me to and created me for. And it's the same as true for, I, be, I believe personally it's the same as true for everybody. If I don't have personal disciplines in my life, if I'm somebody that lacks discipline in my life, then I need to implement disciplines in my life. I think it's, I think it's one, a great example, but for two, I believe that it's one of the, another one of those practical ways that I grow in the Lord on a daily basis. Because I, none of these things that we talk about or the revelation that we release are overly complicated. I don't believe it was ever supposed to be. I could give you some, we could talk about, you know, portals in the spirit and, and trans, transportation and, you know, spiritual realm and, and all these mystical things, uh, and which I love all of the mystical stuff. I'm, I'm on board for that. But I believe that if I don't apply practical principles to the mystical, then I've, I've just made something sound incredibly spiritual and, and done you a disservice in, uh, during, during it. Does that make sense? Because I know that we all are hungry for the, for the deeper things of God, and I believe that even the deeper things of God are, are, are met through the practical. I, I don't believe that there's a, a far journey to deep spiritual maturity. I just believe that it, it involves certain principles that I begin in my daily life that always start and always end with intimacy. And always start and always end with Him loving me. Me learning that his love is essential. It, it, is, it is the essential. In a time where we found out on what people's jobs were essential and what people's jobs weren't, where a lot of people got hurt by, by the fact that they started businesses and with a hope and a dream because our, our nation is, was built on the, on the backs of, of immigrants and ultimately entrepreneurs. And it's, I, I believe, personally, it's the greatest nation that there is in the world. And that's one of the reasons that it is. When you found out that your hope and your dream and the thing that you've put blood, sweat, and tears into and uh, been on many peaks and many valleys in a business and somebody's told you that it's now non-essential and so you can't function, that's, that, that is a, a heartbreaking moment that many of us can't, can't relate to. Right? But even in the, in the midst of, of that, we found out what is, we found out that the church was essential, right? If we didn't remember it, we found it out during this pandemic. And it's, it's, it's bringing us back to the heart of the, of the matter. It's bringing us back to the simplicity and, and the, beautiful, uh, the beautiful gospel that this is all about Him loving me. It's all about Him loving me and then I reciprocate that to the, to the people around me. Because I can prophesy over nations and, and see the masses saved and healed and delivered. But if I lack love, then I've missed the whole point of this whole deal. And it starts with him loving me. And I'll, I'll, I'll never, when I learn to allow him to love me and that I'm worth his love, I will, I will never miss what it's truly about again. <laughs> and the great thing about that is love leads me into joy. It leads me into joy because joy is not just something that we experience during worship or in a good service where the, where the party of heaven has come into the room, which I love. You guys ever been around some, some spiritual party animals? 
you've been in any services, and uh, some of ours have ended up that way, and I, I love that. If you've ever been around uh, Georgian and, and Winnie Banoff, uh, the, the Apostles of Joy, those, those people, you would think that they uh, just, it just looked like holy chaos everywhere that they went, but they're actually incredible, her even more so than him, incredible teachers of the Word of God. <laughs> they are incredible teachers. And so if you've, you've ever been around that, um, those moments a lot of times are healing for people because laughter is good medicine. And a lot of times I believe that the, uh, it's, it's like um, it's the laughing gas of heaven because there's surgery that's necessary on, on hearts and God's a, He's a good Father and so He's not going to allow it to hurt when He performs the surgery. And so sometimes there's rewiring of the brain, sometimes there's healing of wounds in our hearts uh, and, and in our souls. Um, emotions are getting connected in a healthy way or, or um, uprooted from unhealthy place into a healthy place. And I believe that that's why the laughing gas of heaven comes. Uh, and then, then other times, I believe, or all of those times, I believe that it becomes one great big invitation into a lifestyle. That joy is both a perspective and a lifestyle. That joys that Psalms 2 4, the Father sits in, in heaven. God sits in heaven and he laughs at the plans of the enemy because he knows they're not going to prevail. Right? And that's the highest perspective in the kingdom is, that, is to have that perspective. I'm able to laugh at the plans of the enemy regardless of may, what he may want to bring against me or try to bring against me or even just life, not even the devil. If life is just going to be life, which happens to everybody, I can have that perspective on it and I realize that everything is going to work out together for my good because he's on my side. And so joy becomes that perspective, right? I, I, <laughs> I've uh, cried at many bad things that were going to happen in my life many times as a Christian. And I'm learning uh, daily that everything is, is going to be okay. No matter what happens, one of my declarations, everything's going to be okay. I have another declaration that says, even if the worst happens, I will be okay. Stephen Winnie Backlund called it bottom lining. I, I, I'm like most people, I want to avoid pain at all means necessary, right? I don't know many people that em embrace pain. Well, I don't think we got any, any sadistic people that are in the room or online. They're just like, I just give me pain. I like pain. Please bring me the pain of life. <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> but by making that declaration over the last few months is that even if the worst happens, I'll be okay. It started to build a stronghold in my thought life that I, I am not I am not in an expectant way of, of thinking that something bad is going to happen, and if it does, what, what's going to what's going to be my response to it? So joy is a, is definitely a, a fruit of the spirit, but joy is also uh, being with a perspective, a lifestyle, and how it becomes a perspective and a lifestyle is it becomes a stronghold in my mind. As I said, the, the biggest enemy, I believe, is, is our own thought process. And I talked about a few weeks ago, uh, before we went on vacation, is that in the metamorphosis process uh, of the caterpillar to a, a, butterfly, a butterfly, everything dies in the caterpillar. Everything but the memory. The memory is the only thing that survives metamorphosis. You and I have been through metamorphosis, right? All old things have passed away. All things have become new. 
2 Corinthians 5.17. Who's looked at that scripture and thought, I don't know about that. That don't seem right. I still act the same. I still think the same. I still sometimes talk in ways that I'm glad the people in my church family don't hear me. I... Right? Come on. We can be real and vulnerable. It's, it's, it's been true of us, all of us, at some point in our Christian life. And that's because the memory of how we used to be survived the transformation process. From darkness to light. From old to new. It's the only thing that survived. Everything else is brand new. That's why Owen was able to say, every blessing in Christ Jesus we have received. Every blessing in heavenly places is in us. We have it all. But what you say, well, why am I not experiencing it? It's a great question. I believe that a, a lot of it, I can't say that all of it, I believe a lot of it has to do with the process, the transformation of my mind. It's the, the fullness. I talked about it some yesterday. If you look in Colossians uh, chapter 2, around verse 9 and 10, you find out that the fullness of God was in, in Christ. The fullness of God was in Christ. Christ was the anointed one. Christ is not God, right? He was Jesus on earth. Christ is, y'all probably know this, but Christ isn't Jesus' last name. (laughs) He doesn't have a last name, like Moses or (laughs) Cher or... (laughs) I'm sorry, bad comparison, but... But Christ indicates that he is the anointed one. He's the anointed one. And so that, that we, we see from that scripture that shows the fullness of God was in him on earth. What do I gather from that? When the spirit of God came in me, the fullness of God came into me. Well, why am I not experiencing it? Because I don't believe it. That's okay. We're starting to believe it. There's strongholds that have been built in our mind that 2 Corinthians 10, 3 uh, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling, the pulling down of strongholds. Um, let, me, let me read the whole, let me read it in context. Second uh, Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of, of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Have you ever gotten to an, an argument with yourself about truth? It, it, it could be a short argument, but it could be as simple as, that doesn't feel true to me. I don't feel like a new creation. I don't feel that I'm holy as he's holy. I don't feel like old things have passed away and all things have become new. I don't, I don't feel. That's an argument. When that thought comes, if it's the first thought and first response to truth that comes at me, that means it's a stronghold in my mind that needs to be pulled down. Good news is, is that we have weapons for that. <laughs> we have weapons for that, and one of them is is the is the authority that we have. A lot of times we focus. Yesterday I talked about deliverance with honor, and I talked about the authority that we have over the devil. Jesus gave us full authority over the earth and over the enemy. 
But I believe, as I said, that our mind is a greater enemy to us than the devil. And so, therefore, I have full authority. The first thing that I need to learn to take authority over, and I know most of us have, is my, is my own, is this, the temple. When I, when I learn to take authority over my mind, over my thought life, and it actually increases my authority around me. That's the way it was supposed to be. Is that my, my mind, my, in my soul, I begin, to, uh, take, I begin to practice taking authority over that. And so those, those thoughts that have, have become arguments um, against the, the truth that actually exalted itself against the knowledge, against the truth of God. And I have, I have the mind of Christ to help me with that. It says that bringing every thought capti- into captivity to the obedience of Christ, the anointed one. Did you know that your mind is anointed? You've got the mind of Christ. You've got the mind of the anointed one. But there takes that active discipline on a daily basis to actually br- to bring those other thoughts that don't line up with, with the thoughts of the mind of Christ into captivity and replace them with the truth of what God's word says. Because there's a thing that stands, that I believe that there's something that influences our thoughts a, a lot more than what I've realized before. And maybe this isn't true for, for everybody, but I believe that um, it's, it's true for a lot of people um, is that there is a, a foreboding thought pattern or a foreboding uh, spirit sometimes. And I don't believe it's always a spirit. I believe sometimes it's just a stronghold in our minds. And most of us probably don't use the word foreboding in our everyday language, right? Who knows what it means? Uh, f- f- impending, impending doom, that was better than the definition that they had in the dictionary I got. But it is a strong inner feeling or notion of a future misfortune or evil. It's impending doom. It's an expe- expectation of bad coming my way. It's part of, uh, m- who's familiar with Murphy's Law? <laughs> You're familiar with Murphy's Law? If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Smile today be- because tomorrow will be worse. If the toast falls, it will fall butter side down, right? If, if, something, if something bad can happen, it will happen to me. And that, that thought process doesn't just happen. I didn't just wake up one day and start because I'm familiar with that. I, I didn't just wake up one day and start thinking uh, those things. I didn't wake up one day and just start expecting bad things to happen. It was because of past disappointments and life experience that brought me to that conclusion and I began to meditate on those disappointments and meditate on those life experiences and when I meditate on something it becomes a stronghold in my mind. It it can be as simple as the culture that I'm raised up in. If we had uh, parents or grandparents that, that led us into a place of expectancy of evil coming because their experience was bad or they were raised in, in bad times or the Great Depression or something similar to that. They'd been through hard stuff in life. Then they had an expectation of bad because that was their life experience. And, and maybe nobody ever taught them that they were to pull those strongholds down through the authority that we have in Christ. If they were Christians, if they weren't Christians, then you can't expect that. You can't expect non-Christians to act like Christians, right? We just have an expe- expectation of Christians to act like Christians. That's what, that's what we have an expectation of. And so if they were raised in that culture, then what they do is they, because you know that your words in, in part influence. 
Your words are powerful. I believe that your words become more powerful when you're a Christian, but all words are power, all, all people's words are powerful. They shape, they shape us, they shape the, our worldview, they shape our cultural perspective, uh, they, they shape the way that we end up living, and ultimately they shape the atmosphere of our household. Whether we're Christians or not, we are all created to have powerful words because we are created in God's image. God, we'd all agree that God's words are pretty powerful, right? You've heard the phrase that he creates, he creates worlds with his words. We also create worlds with our words, and it's the world that we end up living out of. And so if you were raised around a parents or grandparents that, that brought you up in that expectancy of doom, uh, gloom and doom, uh, then you, you didn't get a, a good start. But the good news is, is that God can change that in a moment, right? And some of you have walked through that, and some of you have come out of that, but there's, it comes from somewhere. And I'm not looking to place blame, and if you need to forgive your grandparents or your parents for something like that, then get on it and just do it, right? say <laughs> as as people have said to me before what are you waiting for you know just go ahead and do it it's it's not doing you any good and it sure ain't hurting them and so just go on and forgive so that you can get free from from that thought pattern and begin on this new path that god created us to be and begin to build new strongholds in our mind and so i had experienced a trauma just like the rest of you growing up and when uh, I had experienced trauma. Let's, I'm going to take a practical example that a lot of us can relate to and not get all deep and messy on you uh, on some of the things that I could share with you. But I'd been in, I'd been in more than my fair share of car accidents. Uh, some were my fault and some weren't. There might have been, yeah, I'd say it would been about 50-50. I'd probably been in about upwards of 10, 10 car accidents and uh, a few of them I, I shouldn't have survived out of. One time I fell asleep at the wheel, uh, hit a tree. Uh, the tree was only yay big around. And I woke up when I hit the tree because, you know, you should probably. If you, if you were sleeping, a tree should wake you up if, it hit, if you run into it. Uh, I punched the accelerator when I, when I went to sleep. It was, on, uh, it was on 7th Street in Terre Haute in broad daylight. It, I fell asleep. Not, I'd, I'd been up for quite a while. This was... BC before Christ. Uh, I'd been up for a little bit and, um, you know, because I was on drugs and, and uh, decided I'd take a nap while driving. And, um, and uh, when I hit the tree, I overcorrected, uh, overcorrected and the car flipped. And uh, the people behind us, which I actually knew, uh, were a couple of cars back and they're like, we thought you were dead. They thought there's no way. They cut, cut the passenger out with the jaws of life, and I, I literally got out of the car without a scratch. I probably had a couple cracked or broken ribs, but I wasn't going to the hospital. And um, so I was in a little bit of pain, but I, I didn't have, you know, nothing bad happened to me. It was, it was pretty miraculous. And some, a lot of that trauma I had been healed from, but then after becoming a Christian, I think we've been rear, I've been rear-ended like three times. You know, we live in the day and age of, of cell phones and, and all kinds of distractions inside of our car, right? I'm like, could you please give me a bigger screen with more stuff on it that I, could, I can look at? And I, I like technology. I actually enjoy it a lot and benefit from it. But we have been rear-ended three times. And when that happened, I noticed that every time I got in a car, I had an expectancy, I'm constantly looking in the rearview mirror. I'm looking for which way is the, the it, was, it was beyond being prepared. 
It was looking, do I have enough room on the right or on the left to swerve out of the way of somebody's going to hit me? And so it's almost, it's bracing for impact every time somebody is coming up behind you. You ever been there before? It's similar to that in, in lots of situations in life. Let's say, for instance, we've prayed for something and, and we didn't see it take place, whether it was the, the freedom of a, of a loved one, um, the healing of, of somebody, you know, the job that you wanted to get, the career path that you wanted to take, the doors didn't open, or whatever it was. And then we begin uh, when the next thing that we, we ask for, the next thing that we want to do, or somebody tells us that we're worthy of, of God's blessing, we, our, our mind battles that because there's been a stronghold built because of that, that past disappointment that we have meditated on and we've held on to that thing and then we're constantly bracing for the impact of bad to take place. Now there's a stronghold that gets built of the, of the Murphy's Law or the foreboding, the constant expectation of bad. But then what I believe takes place is that there's in the spiritual realm, I've, t- I've said this before, is that whatever I meditate on uh, attracts the atmosphere that I live out of. You can try it if you like. I'd try it on the positive side of kingdom things and not on the negative side if I were you. Um, but <laughs> trust me, I, who's laid in bed and worried at night before? I've lost lots of sleep. You ever, if for, for us feelers, you know that when you've laid in bed and worried long enough, you've begun to feel the tension or the oppression of worry or fear. I know, what that, I know what that feels like. I'm a feeler. And so it attracted an atmosphere to me that I began to live out of. On the flip side of that, the good news is, is that I can meditate on good things, hope-filled things. As it tells us in Philippians 4.8, it tells us what to meditate on. Anything of virtue, anything praiseworthy, anything of good report. Meditate on these things. Meditates why God says to feed on Psalms 37 3. He says, Feed on my faithfulness. It's, it's keeping the testimony of the goodness of God and it builds a, a, an expectancy. It builds an expectancy that is opposite of, of what I've been expecting. But when I've, I've meditated on those disappointments and, and the things that haven't happened, and, and the things that I'm bracing for impact for, I, I believe it, it attracts the atmosphere of that foreboding spirit, and he begins to play on those disappointments. And he gets a, a pathway into, begin to poke and prod, and, and actually release more lies into our minds that we, that, you know what, they make sense according to our experience. And so we think that they're our own thoughts. Because we're like, this is just part of, this is part, it's been a part of who I am for years. I'm just, I just, I'm a negative thinker. I'm just a, have you ever heard somebody say I'm a worry? I'm just a worrier. Now, I'm, I'm so sorry. That's not actually who you are. It's just a part of what you've been. And it's time to change it. And there's practical steps to take. I am, I am not excusing, I'm not, I'm not uh, belittling any trauma or things that people have been through. And I'm also realizing that it can take longer for some than others to walk through the process because of what they've been through or how long those strongholds have been there. But I also know, all thinking about all of that and, and being sensitive to, to all of that, I also realize that God can do a miracle in a moment and that strong can be, stronghold can be pulled down today. 
and forever be, be gone. And, and though it may try to come back, when we're disciplined and meditate on the things that God tells us to constantly throughout the day, it will build a stronghold that will... You know what a stronghold is? You know, if you look in the Old Testament, David uh, would, had a stronghold. If you look, when they fight other armies, when they fight the Philistines, uh, Philistines, you see them in the, in the stronghold. It's a, it's a protection. It's a place of protection. Nikki talked not long ago about the stronghold of the Lord. How we're in the stronghold of the Lord. We're in the hand of God. Psalms 91 is one great big, one great big promise to us. Who's ever quoted Psalms 91, read Psalms 91? It's a great big promise that some people I, I've, I've talked to before. I'm sure it's none of you. I didn't like the fact that that promise actually hinges on me remaining in intimacy. <laughs> For those that, are, that dwell in the secret place. Where's the secret place? It's, it's realizing that I'm one with Jesus, allowing that to transform my mind. When I walk as one, I'm walking in intimacy all the time. It's not just a location that I have in my house. Secret place is where I live from. I love what Dave Noah atta- made the tagline, taking the secret place to the marketplace. It's because we were created to live from the secret place. So I, I believe that God is doing something in the body of Christ that is, is getting us into a place of recognizing the influence of that foreboding spirit, recognizing the strongholds that we have built because of certain situations in our minds over the years. And he's, he's taking us into a new place of freedom that's building a stronghold of joy so that we, the stronghold will, will, protect, it will protect our minds in that particular area. Right? It, that stronghold is protecting. It's not, it's not only creating a new neuro pathway, but it actually gives us protection. That's what the mind of Christ does. It's the, it's the anointing. It's like, it's like having a covering over our thinking. It's the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation protects us from, from the, the lies of the enemy and also old ways of thinking that try to come back to us when we pull down those strongholds through the weapons of our, our warfare, through the authority that we have as, as sons and daughters of God. This, this, this tracking with anybody so far, does this make, make sense to you? Is this, this hitting anybody so far? Is this... Mm. Okay, sometimes you just wonder if you're, you're talking about the right thing or if it's just you know, partially for yourself. And so let me get into some practical examples and, and then I'll wrap this up. Because I always, like I said, I want to I give you practical. I'm going to read you some scripture um, just a couple scriptures out of Ephesians uh, 4. <laughs> yeah, I'll read Ephesians 4, then I'll go back to some other scriptures about joy. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, uh, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness, of the truth. Who knows that they're righteous and holy? Right? It comes through the realization of being righteous or right standing with God and being holy because He's holy. I mean, it's in, it's in His name. Holy Spirit. If he, He's upon me, I can't get any more holy. Right? And now the goal is to become whole. Holiness is not just a 
it's not just a lifestyle that I live and abstain from certain things. And some of you may have been raised in like a holiness church or holiness church culture where, where people do certain things that if you've lived in that culture, you're familiar with. And I'm not pointing any fingers at that, but it's, it's not just abstaining from stuff. It's, it's a part of my identity. It's who I am. Holy Spirit is holy, right? So if he's holy and he tells me to be holy and be is not in me trying harder to do it through my own strength, it's like when he spoke the world into existence. Like light be. He created light in the darkness and separated the two. One became day, right? And he said, earth, you know, basically the galaxies be, all of that. When he spoke that word, that's what I take that scripture. Anywhere he tells me in the New Testament to be something, I know it's not something I need to do. It's something that I need to believe that I already am. And I take his word as powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and actually divides the, the truth from what I don't believe, and then it begins to shape my thinking because it can't involve me trying to produce it in my own life because then I move from grace into law again. So we know that it can't be that. So I take it as his word releases the grace for me to actually believe it, therefore live it out because grace empowers me, not just a place to fall when I mess up. The more I realize what grace is for, the less the, of falling I do. <laughs> Until we become perfect and complete on the earth. All the good stuff's not for the other side of heaven. I know I'm going to be perfect and complete there. That's a no-brainer. But who gets to, we get to be an example. Who's going to be an example of perfect and complete wholeness and holiness on the earth? It's us. We're not putting that off on somebody else. And it's by believing. It's not by doing. My doing follows my believing. When I believe right, then I'll just live that way. And it won't be out of my own strength, and I won't have to constantly fight that battle of condemnation and going to the altar again over and over and over for the same thing that I keep messing up for. All right, we've all probably been there before. You know, I got saved more times than I can count at, at altars, <laughs> thinking that I, I wasn't sure if I was still saved because I messed up and made poor choices. And I didn't realize there were choices then. I thought it was just part of who I'd always be. thought I'd always be a sinner saved by grace. Whew, I'm glad that's not true. <laughs> sure feels good to be a son. <laughs> free. A free son. So be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. All right, how do I put on the new self? By renewing my mind. It's, it's beautiful, which is in the likeness of God, been created in righteousness, holiness, and truth. So we, we know that faith comes by hearing in Romans 10, 17. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of, word of God. What, what's the word of God? And we can, I, I, I encourage you to quote scripture, to declare scripture, or personalize that particular scripture and make a declaration out of it. God's working all things together for my good. You know that's not what Romans 8.28 exactly says verbatim, but it is true, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I constantly activate joy and laughter in my life. Those are some of my, my declarations. Joy is one of the secrets to my strength and longevity. <laughs> I consistently ignite hope in others and in myself. 
That's, that, those are all according to Scripture, even though they're not word-for-word word Scripture, but they fit what is, what's the stronghold I'm building in my mind and what's the stronghold I'm tearing down. <laughs> Which one, what, what, am I, what am I doing? What, what path has God got me on? What's He doing in me in this season? Because He never over, overwhelms me with a whole bunch of stuff He wants to do in my mind at one time. I'm, I'm grateful for that. He's just like, let's just address this right here. And we'll move on to the next thing. We'll add to it. And you can handle it. Trust me. I'm only, uh, I'm, I'm only going to give your mind what you need in this season. Because you, you know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So making declarations is important, but meditating on those declarations is as important, if not more important than the declaration that I make. Because I say it, then I hear it, but when I meditate on it, it increases, it increases the, the strength. Uh, let me say it like this. It actually expedites the process of building a stronghold in my mind when I meditate on it. Because when I say it, if I only make the declaration, I might have to make that declaration for six months every day, a couple times a day. We do it like medicine. If the doctor were going to give you medicine, antibiotics right now, for 10 days, what would you do? You'd take them three times a day, guaranteed. At least most of us would. <laughs> but the majority of us are, are not going to defy the doctor's orders in that particular antibiotic. Good for me. Increases my immune system, gets rid of the sickness. All right, I'm taking it. I'm going to listen to the doctor. I'm one of those people that will. I absolutely will. Or I'm going to get an easy CPAC from Kroger's, and uh, I'm, going to take that. I'm going to take that and hope that that does the trick first. <laughs> either, either way. But I'm going to take it. So we look at this like this is medicine for my mind. Doctor says take it. How many Dr. Jesus says take it what? One time a day, two times a day, three times a day? I'm going to make that declaration one, two, three, ten times a day, whatever it is. But if I meditate on that declaration while I am declaring it during those days, I'm thinking about it different times, I'm letting it soak in, I'm letting it saturate, what happens is it expedites the process of that stronghold being built. And what was a six-month declaration becomes a three-month declaration, or maybe even faster. Is then I just know it. Then I just begin, I don't even declare some of the declarations I've been making over the last seven or eight years. I just think them, and I just, I just know them in any situation they come up, right? Which is a situation where I look at my finances, and they don't, they don't look as, as good as I'd like them to look. And I just know God's provider. He's got this. He'll supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I begin to get excited because his riches and glory in Christ Jesus are a lot better than what I could ever produce. <laughs> and, 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 and so this, these are the, the strongholds that we are building in our, our minds and this is what I, I want to give to you practically I'm, I've given you some practical advice already and, and I'm just going to rehash uh, some of what I said to kind of summarize what I've talked about and give you something to grab a hold of and then we are going to uh, we're going to get rid of the, the foreboding mindsets and, and maybe there's a, a foreboding spirit that's in, influencing some of us. And we're going to get rid of that, and we're going to shut the door to it. And, and Jesus is going to set us free, and we're going to begin on a, a new path of building good strongholds, strongholds of joy. Life, though is tough at times, was never meant to be one great big bummer, and then we go to heaven, and it's a party. 
<laughs> this doesn't even, but Jesus died so that I could have a bummer on earth the whole time. I'm sure glad I'm saved, but this sure is a bummer. <laughs> Jesus got beat and made a sacrifice for me, but I'm just going to hold on until, until Jesus comes back and then it's going to get better. I don't, I don't like that. That doesn't sound like, like kingdom to me. I think that I'm just going to, it's going to get better right now. Do you mean that you're going to change your circumstances? If I have the choice to, but if I don't have the choice to, I'm going to make declarations that are contrary to my circumstances and my situation. And joy is going to become a stronghold in this season because there's never a more convenient time to become joyful than right now. It may, it may seem inconvenient, but I'm declaring that it is convenient. Because if I don't become joyful in this season, it's unlikely that I'll become joyful in next season. And so I'm going to become joyful in this season. I am going to enjoy whatever I have in life. If it's uh, the happiest I'd ever been up until getting a hold of this truth was when I had the least. Property box, couple ramen noodles, couple jars of peanut butter, was happy to have a toothbrush, some toothpaste, and some deodorant. Right? It was like, yes, good day. Got two changes of clothes. That's all. One I'm wearing and one I can change into. Was so joyful, it freaked people out. They're like, does not make sense. You're joyful. I'm like, Jesus set me free. Right? And, then, and then life becomes life, and you get stuff, and stuff's not bad. It's you No, know, God doesn't mind us having stuff. He just minds stuff having us. And we, <laughs> you get that, right? Not preaching against having stuff. I don't think you're more righteous or more holy if you sell all your stuff and live on the street in a box. I, I don't. And now, if Jesus tells you to sell all of your stuff and go sleep in the dirt in Africa, be obedient. But if He doesn't, don't do it. Just be selfless and be willing to give away whatever you get. If He says give it away, give it away, because He's going to give. He's going to give back. Press down, shaken together, and overflowing. I know His word, right? I know His promises. We've seen Lindsay and I have seen. Seen him do it. <laughs> I'm going to come joyful right now. I'm going to enjoy. So when stuff gets in our lives and, and, and work and kids and, you know, you get married and you have all this, you, you have less time to spend with, with Jesus, right? You're like the intimacy goes down to a, a different level and you've got other responsibilities that are important and that are good that you need to tend to, that need to have your full attention and that you should be thriving in. Should be thriving in your family, in your workplace, and all the things that you do. Should be a model of Jesus, not just in healing ministry or giving prophecies, but in your day to day. All that stuff. We do it all with excellence, not with perfectionism, but with excellence. That's another message for another time. But we, we so how do I remain joyful when other things seem to take up my time? Practically, as I'm going throughout my day. I'll wrap up with this, is that I begin to take those thoughts that come when it seems like I should be thinking about nothing. They come into my mind, and I, they're, they're, they're of an expectancy of evil. They're negative. They're hopeless. And I bring them captive. I use the authority that I have. I practice that. If it's so overwhelming that you can't handle it, call somebody and have them pray with you. One of the biggest mistakes that I ever made is trying to fight battles on my own. You're not alone. I know you got you and Jesus so that you're never alone, but I'm saying that's why community and the family of God is so important because there's power in partnership. 
So if it's that overwhelming, but if, it's, it's, if you've got past that, then, then recognize that the Holy Spirit's already highlighting people's thoughts that you know are, are, are negative, that are coming at you. That, and some of them, I believe before we even leave the building, that he's going to show you where they're not even your thoughts. They've just become familiar to you. And so they kind of line up with some of your life experience and they line up with some of the things you've faced and they line up with some of the disappointments you've had. And so you've just taken them on as your own. That ends today. We're going to a new place today. And so I bring them captive and immediately what I'm doing after I bring my thought captive, I have to have something to replace it. Bringing it captive is not enough because if I'm just hanging out there in limbo with that thought captive, I've got to, you know, it's not going to do the same thing that Jesus wants it to. I bring it captive. By bring it captive, I start to pull down that stronghold, and then I replace it with the thought, the car wreck, somebody rear-ending me, right? I, I, what I do or what I did is that I would begin to, when I thought that and I'm in the car, I would think God's my protector. God's my, God protects me just like he provides for me. And if somebody even is going to try to hit me, there could be an angel that would move my car out of the way. Right? Some of you heard stories like that before. I'm, I'm protected. <laughs> even if the worst happens, I'll be okay. Right? That's what insurance is for. <laughs> I'm heavily insured in two different ways. Jesus and an insurance provider, I'll leave unnamed. It's the same commercial, but <laughs> I'll just let you know they have some pretty cheesy ones, but... <laughs> That doesn't, that doesn't narrow it down, I know. So I'm replacing that thought with, with the thought. I'm replacing the thought I'm going to get in a wreck. Somebody's going to hit me with the thought of protection. If you go out in a parking lot and you think in the dark and you think because you've been attacked before, you've been hurt before, you, you've got trauma in your workplace, wherever you're at, wherever that thing hits you, you know that there's a stronghold there. And you bring that thought captive and you think the opposite that brings you hope that's according to the Word of God. If you can't, if you're, maybe if you're newer in Christ or this is new to you and you're like, I don't have any, what can I replace it with? Get with somebody. We'll help you. We'll help you come up. We got a, we got one list of a hundred declarations for, for, from Steve Macklin's website, Igniting Hope, or you can go on there, ignitinghope.com, and you can find a list of declarations. If those, so those are good to start with, or maybe you could use those and put them in your situation and you begin to meditate on that. And not just in that moment, but wake up thinking about that. Let it become a discipline of the first thing that comes to my mind and the last thing that comes to my mind when I go to bed. Whatever it is in this season, just that one thing that becomes negative. If it's more than one thing, Holy Spirit will help you multitask it if you need to. But he's, he's bringing freedom to us in new ways. And what it's going to happen, and what's going to happen because of this is that stronghold of joy is going to become so, so big in our lives that the things that used to, to affect us and the things that used to cause us to even react in negative ways or used to bring things on us that were not what our bodies were created for, worry and stress and fear, that those things are b- going to become a thing of the past for, for the children of God. So if you would stand with me. I'm sorry, that, that weather declaration I make, maybe I think I mentioned this. I will thrive no matter what happens. I will thrive no matter what happens. You'll thrive in every season. 
our minds can easily think only thrive when it's going well. Sons and daughters in God were created to thrive in every season. Regardless of your circumstance, regardless of your situation, regardless of your finances, regardless of your relationships and how they're going, regardless of how your kids are acting, regardless of COVID shut your job down, I will thrive no matter what happens. If your business shuts down because of a circumstance or situation in the world, God will get, he gave you an idea or a dream for that business. He'll give you another one. Yeah, I just I declare right now that the people of God will be, begin to come up with more business ideas that are essential in the world than ever before. <laughs> and it won't matter what happens if there's another pandemic or, or one, that, one that's worse than this. The kingdom will continue to advance. Those businesses and those families won't, won't suffer because of it. Yeah. You're going to thrive no matter what happens. So I want you to do this with me. For, for whoever, whoever needs this today, I know I could use a little bit more of it because you see me as joyful in front of you and I'm joyful most of the time. But there are still times when I'm not and I'm working. Those times are getting shorter and shorter. And that's what our goal is. The times from from crisis to joy getting shorter. Closing the gap where crisis doesn't even affect me like it did before. Doesn't mean I'm not compassionate for people doesn't mean I get, don't get down on what it says in Romans 12 and weep with those who weep. We absolutely do that. But joy enables me to do that and help bring people up out of those situations and be sensitive, be compassionate, be loving. It's a byproduct of love. And so if you would say this with me, I reject foreboding. I break agreement with it. I won't be a person of negative thoughts. Murphy's Law won't be my lifestyle. I shut the door to these things and I seal them shut with Jesus' love. And I embrace hope and joy. I am now building a stronghold of joy in my life. Oh, that's good. Father, thank you so much for a bunch of people online and in this room, all of us. Thank you that we're all on this journey together of building a stronghold of joy. I thank you for it becoming a fortress to your sons and daughters that are getting this. And I thank you that we are going to be an example to the rest of the world what a a father A good father who's in a good mood looks like the more and more that we get this. I thank you for every area that we've already gotten breakthrough. And I thank you that you are advancing us in greater ways to get more and more breakthrough. I thank you for discipline, daily disciplines in all of our lives. Helping one another, reminding one another, keeping each other accountable in a good and loving way. Encouraging one another in accountability. Not through accusation, but encouragement of helping one another do these things on a daily basis and waking up. Holy Spirit, we know you want this for us more than than we want it for ourselves. So thank you that you're going to help us when we wake up to, to meditate on whatever 
thought we need to in this season and go to sleep meditating also and as many times throughout the day that we need to take the medicine that you have for us we're going to do that too thank you for helping us make declarations out of truth that are going to help us in this season thank you that we're going to call those things that do not exist as though they did just like you do that we're going to be examples and representations of you, Father, in our own personal lives. That we're going to use the authority that we have to pull down those strongholds and to uh, take authority over our own souls. And use the weapons that you've given us. Thanks for listening thank to Revive the, the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us. Uh, than we ever have before, and it's just going to continue. So we, we thank you for breaking the power of the, the negative connotation of the word discipline in our life. If we were raised in a, a religious environment, that that word was a bad word to us. We thank you that you're breaking that, the negative connotation off of, of that word when we hear it. And that you're going to help us implement it on a daily basis through grace. Yeah, thank you that we have the grace. We have the grace that we need. We have way more than enough. Thank you, Jesus. I release peace over your people. I thank you that that shalom, that peace is breaking the authority that chaos has thought it's had. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. And we take authority over any of the foreboding lies or foreboding spirit in Jesus' name. We command it to leave God's people now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for every bit of that going right now. Every bit of it go. All the residue go in Jesus' name. Every bit of it leave. And I release peace in place of it right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for healing coming in any way that it needs to in this moment. Thank you. Thank you for those strongholds. I just pray supernaturally that strongholds have been built up over years and years and years, maybe even decades, would be pulled down right now in this moment in Jesus' name. And they'd be replaced with the stronghold of joy, and all of the other strongholds that were created to be in our minds that cause us to live out of the wholeness and the freedom that we already have. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. And I thank you that we're going to walk in the fullness of that freedom while we're here on this earth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We <laughs> We got a prayer team that's going to be up here. Thank you, Jesus. We got a prayer team that's going to be up here that wants to pray with you for anything that you need. And if you don't want them to lay hands on you, just let them know that before you get up here. If you feel if you feel if you feel lighter after you prayed that prayer, I want you to raise your hand. Just let just let me know if you feel you feel lighter because of that. I felt something shift in the atmosphere, but I'm not always a good indicator of what's happening for everybody. 
So I bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for being here. If you don't make it back on, on Wednesday night, oh yeah, you know what? I was supposed to make an announcement real quick. I forgot. I just, I just take off. Sometimes I hit the ground running when I get up here. But that Wednesday night service that you saw the kids program announcement for, it is actually a, a candlelight service for everybody where the kids will sing a few songs. They're going to help sing three songs. And then we're going to do three worship songs. The worship team is not me. Don't worry. And then we're going to take communion. But it's going to be a candlelight service for everyone. It's going to be about. A, it's going to be short. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I know some of y'all got some cooking to. I'm sorry. Day before Christmas. I have Thanksgiving on my mind. It's the day. It's it's the 23rd. It's two days before Christmas. And it is for everyone, okay? Just wanted to make that clear. It will be short. We'll get you out of here. And you still may have cooking to do or wrapping to do or whatever. So we love you guys. Thanks for being here. Hope you guys have an amazing day.